I think in two or three years, we ended up doubling our money or more than that. You know, as, a, as an asset manager, it's like spending you know, 12, 15 hours a day chasing stocks as, a, as an Excel monkey and kind of went, oh my gosh, this is like this dead simple, you know, really boring, but, but productive asset. Hi, you're listening to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. If you're a real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Our guest speakers will bring you amazing, intriguing, and unbelievable stories about real estate investing. The stories will be an honest and transparent account about what it actually means to invest in real estate. You'll hear stories that investors don't usually share. Stories about hardships, breaking points, painful truths, and surprising realizations. Sometimes there's a happy ending, and sometimes the story ends very differently than you would expect. So let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties with passive investors, and together we partner on all of my deals. If you enjoy the podcast, give me a rating. Also, a review would be very, very much appreciated. And don't forget to like and follow me on social media. I'm pretty much you know, active on all of them, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. So you can find all my social media links and the show notes on my website, ellieperlman.com. Now, before we start the show today, I wanted to personally invite you to two of the events that I'm going to be speaking at. The first one is called Multifamily Investor Summit. And that's a pretty cool three-day online conference that's going to happen June 27th until June 29th. And it's a great place for you not only to gain knowledge about real estate investing, but also to meet and network with other passive investors and with syndicators. So if you're going to use the promo code Ellie, which is E-L-L-I-E, you can get $100 off of the full access pass. You can find tickets at www.multifamilyinvestornation.com. Now, the second one is an event hosted by my good friend Adam Adams called Raising Money Summit. So that's going to happen in Denver on October 3rd until October 5th. And if you use the promo code Ellie again, you can get 30% off until the end of June. And then it goes down to 25% in July. So what I love about this one is that it's going to teach you everything you need to know about raising capital. So as a syndicator and an investor, you can learn the real secrets behind raising millions of dollars from investors and syndicators that actually did it. You're going to, you know, have takeaways from tactical strategies so you can go out and close more deals in less time. You're also going to discover the proven methods professionals use to create win-win deals and partnerships, and you'll be able to stop worrying about how you are going to fund your next real estate deal. So don't miss this premium conference. It can definitely be a game changer for you and help you to dominate any niche of real estate. So if you, again, want to use the promo code Ellie, you can get 30% off this month, the month of June. You can get tickets at www.raisingmoneysummit.com. All right. So I think by now we're ready to start the show. So our guest today is really unique. Carter Malloy is the founder and CEO of Acre Trader. Carter grew up in a farming family and has a lifelong passion for investing 
and for agriculture. Carter and his father successfully bought and sold farmland together, and Carter founded AcreTrader, a crowdfunding real estate platform that makes it easy for investors to buy shares of U.S. farmland in as little as five minutes. So their mission is to make the whole process easy and very accessible for everyone. Prior to this, Carter was a managing director with a large private investment bank working as an equity research analyst focused on data and analytics and real estate processing sectors. He graduated from the University of Arkansas with a bachelor's degree in physics. In addition, he's also a contributing author for Forbes, where he writes about finance and farmland investing. Aside from his professional expertise, Carter has a diverse background that includes touring as a professional musician and running a biodiesel company after college. That's very interesting. So I would like to welcome Carter to the show. Hey, Carter, how are you? Hey there. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have you have a very interesting and unconventional background for someone who's investing in real estate. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky to sort of cut, a, cut an odd path through it all, but, uh, but uh, happy, happy where it's ended up so far. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. So today you're going to share with us, we're going to start with a, with a quick story about, you know, how you found yourself investing in farmland and ultimately, you know, starting AcreTrader, the business that you're running today. Sure. So um, I'll, I'll try to be quick and sort of walk through the, the path of how, how I ended up here. Uh, as always, uh, uh, tends to be a, probably more long-winded than I, than I want it to be. But um, <laughs> so, so yeah, as you, as you mentioned, I was uh, born and raised here in Arkansas, actually born in a, in a farming community. So my, my dad was a farmer, his, his dad's a farmer. And so I have always been, been around farmland and always appreciated it as, uh, as, a, as a place and a, and a great place to be as a kid and growing up and you know, being in fields full of ultimately of food that, that's going to go on people's tables. So that's that's a really was sort of a nice thing to be around without a, a understanding uh, just how great it is as an asset and how well it's performed as an asset. So uh, so yeah, then as you mentioned, about 20 years ago, came came to school here, did uh, seven year stint in uh, research and investment bank, and the last five years I spent uh, at a long short equity hedge fund in San Francisco, actually. So not far away from you there. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a great run, some, some great friends there uh, doing, doing equity investing. And uh, we joined the firm as, as it started. And uh, ultimately, we scaled it to a billion dollar investment platform and uh, still a, a great business. But uh, in the background, while this was going on, I'd say in probably 2005, 2006, I started acquiring residential real estate and ultimately some commercial real estate. And as you know, there's a there's always lessons to learn and stories to be told there, and I've got a couple of uh, you know, probably permanent scars from from that experience. Uh, <laughs> uh, some 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 great experiences, but also some uh, some some real trials and tribulations there. So, were you buying back back there in uh, in Arkansas? Yeah, and of course I was uh, both you know lucky and dumb enough to get started you know right at the peak uh, before the last <laughs> uh, before the Great Recession. So the good news was at that time you could buy residential real estate uh, properties for 100% loan to value, right? So you could you could be highly speculative uh, for someone young and early in their career. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the good news about Arkansas is it's a fairly boring or, or less volatile state uh, in terms of uh, commercial and residential real estate prices. So uh, so made it through the recession pretty well and came out well positioned and, and lucky there. Uh, but yeah, along the way, um, started buying and selling farmland and you know the idea of farmland as an asset is is something that's probably not considered a lot or thought of a lot, but it is a three trillion dollar asset class. It, it's closely held. You know, there's not a lot of institutional activity. Maybe now there's twenty or thirty billion dollars of private equity money in U.S. farmland, but 
you know, 1%, right? A, a, a tiny fraction of this is professionalized and it's still, still tightly held in large tracks among these investors. So anyway, I, I got, uh, got involved in investing in farmlands with, with the long term in mind. I think the first wow moment was uh, my dad and I had acquired a tract of land and we intended to hold it for a long time. But I think in two or three years, we ended up doubling our money or more than that. And I, you know, as, a, as an asset manager, it's like spending you know, 12, 15 hours a day chasing stocks as, a, as an Excel monkey and kind of went, oh my gosh, this is like this dead simple, you know, really boring, but, but productive asset, uh, you know, where you, you make money from farmers. It's a, it's a tenant relationship, right? They, they pay you a rent check once a year before they plant typically. So very low default rates, very, very high vacancy rates. I'm sorry, uh, occupancy. Gosh, sorry. <laughs> You're good. And so, uh, so anyway, the, the asset as a whole, as I started to do more and more research, just realized, wow, this is this is pretty incredible. And I think somewhere where you can build a lot of wealth long term. It's not a it's not a typical double your money type of you know get rich quick scheme, uh, but mm-hmm. it's a highly inefficient market. It's not professionalized. There's not a uh, an easy liquid marketplace out there to go. Uh, buy and sell farmland on. And so price transparency is low. Uh, if you don't have a neighboring farmer to buy it, then there can typically be a pretty large gap in valuation. Uh, and, and as an investor, obviously, that's the kind of things you want to see. Uh, as, as you know, when you when you stumble upon tertiary markets with a really fast-growing economy, it's, it's really exciting in the world of, of commercial and residential real estate. Uh, and that happens all over the place in farmland. And so- right. um, so I, I was living in San Francisco the last five years and had a neighbor come to me and said, man, I want to get into this too. How do I invest in farmland? And uh, so we started uh, you know, exploring the idea together and I started searching online, trying to find a, an easier way to do it than the highly manual way that I was doing it personally with, with family and, and quickly realized that there's, there's nothing there. Uh, and so thus was, was born AcreTrader and the idea of, of AcreTrader uh, a few years ago. And so uh, then started building the technology a little over a year ago, and uh, since we've raised some some real capital, and we've got a, a team of twelve and growing quickly, and mm-hmm. we're we're really excited. I, I think as a whole, the, the idea is very simple: take this really high returning, uh, attractive asset class, high returning, low volatility historically, uh, and and professionalize it and bring it to market so that you know other Americans outside of us rednecks out here can can actually uh, invest in it and diversify their portfolio. That sounds really, really interesting. And I do want to dig in a little bit more and understand, you know, the platform that you've built. But before that, I want to take one step back and kind of focus on farmland. It sounds really interesting. And I have a few questions about that because I don't know much about farmland. And I think the average investor, whether it's a syndicator, you know, or uh, a passive investor, they don't know much about farmland. So if that's such a great opportunity and the market is saturated and, you, and there's not a lot of competition there, how come it's not more popular like, you know, um, multifamily and office and retail? Yeah, I, I think part of it is because it's been such a such a specialized asset. And, you know, three trillion sounds really big. But, but again, most of that has been privately held and held by families and multi-generational, mm-hmm. uh, you know, inheritance pass, pass down type of situations. And so it's been a tightly held asset. And uh, there just hasn't been a lot of, historically, a lot of institutional capital chasing after it. I think probably 10, 15 years ago, a number of funds started popping up and putting up some pretty uh, in- incredible investment returns. And, and so that has started to feed, you know, create a feedback loop. Uh, 
and, and so it, it is becoming more professionalized. But there again, you know, the only real mechanism to get exposure to the asset class is uh, going investing in a private equity fund with a million dollar minimum and a ten year lock on your money. So that, that's not a great place to start for most people. And so therefore, it's just not something that's in the mainstream financial news very very often. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about, you know, better returns, can you give me kind of a range of what to expect? When, if, if I decided tomorrow to invest in a farmland, what kind of returns am I looking at? Sure. So, so we, we've got some great educational material on our website. That's a, a big focus of ours is just trying to make this information consumable and, and straightforward. Uh, but it's, it's pretty exciting. So the last almost 30 years since 1990, when, when they actually built an index to track Uh, values of farmland, the internal rate of return or, or average returns rather have been 11 to 12% uh, on, on farmland. But importantly, that's non-levered. So that's, that's without using a bunch of debt to, to amplify your returns and, and obviously your, your downside potential. And that's with a low volatility. So th those annual returns, the, the deviation between the, the, the returns each year is, is not a large number. So rather than having years where you may have up 30% and years you have down, down 20 or 30, Uh, it, it tends to be a, a very steady returning asset class. Uh, and, and that's because the farmer, again, pays you a, a rent, one rent check a year. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of capital equipment or things that you've got to do as a landowner uh, mm -hmm. on, on farm. Uh, but you get a rent check every year and then you get asset appreciation every year. And uh, both of these, those things tend to be relatively stable. Got it. So when it comes to cash on cash return or an IRR, what exactly are we looking at? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, so it's it's kind of split evenly. So historically, if you look at each side of it, right, the the cash on cash, and, and again, unlevered cash on cash, right. So, mm -hmm. but the cash on cash historically tends to be three and a half to six percent, and and importantly, that that's rent from the farmer. The farmer is government backstopped, so it's a pretty fascinating asset in that regard that the the farmer is insured by by the government, and and so the, your cash on cash tends to be in that that range, and then your annual asset appreciation whether you're looking at 10, 30, 50-year histories, uh, tends to be kind of in the 4% to 6% range. Add the two up, and that's what gets you your, your IRR, as, as you well know, roughly. Uh, right now, the, the cash rents are a little depressed. I'm sure you're well aware we're in the middle of trade wars and uh, of commodity course. price volatility. Those, those do not help. Uh, <laughs> so so the, the rents tend to be a little bit depressed. But again, I think for, for us, you know, so what we do as a platform is we do show all the financial details of every deal we evaluate. We look at hundreds of farm deals uh, and, and only put a few of those on the website at a time. So uh, so a pretty large uh, funnel or, or filter on our end uh, before something goes on the on the website. And so we, we do, though we sort of use these historical averages to, to build our IRRs, uh, we, we do think we're acquiring the land at, at attractive valuations mm -hmm. uh, where we actually go, go live with a deal. Though, again, we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, so our, our hope would be to do the inverse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when an investor, if someone is, is listening to this and says, you know what, that sounds interesting, um, and they're starting to look into it, what are the, the top three things that investors should keep in mind or, or inquire when they're looking at an opportunity to invest in a farmland? Sure, that's, 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 a, that's a really good question. I, I think... Uh, You know, we try to simplify that on our end by, by putting that big filter up so that, you know, as, a, as an investor on the site, you can be somewhat comforted that we've already done a lot of the upfront valuation work, right? But, mm -hmm. but uh, similar to residential or commercial real estate, you, you always want to take into account the, the cap rates and uh, the appreciation potential of the property. 
And so I, I think those are uh, two focal points. And then the, the third is, is diversification, right? And that's, that's uh, another important thing about what we're doing is that if you do want to go invest, uh, you know, $1,000, a million dollars in farmland, uh, well, historically, you couldn't even think about it with $1,000. But, you know, if it was a half a million dollars, right, you would go buy one parcel and have this uh, one concentrated bet somewhere, probably in a county you've never been to or dealing with a broker you've never ever dealt with. Uh, and you have to run a farm too. So again, we, we take care of all that uh, for our investors. But I, I think what's important is diversification, right? Is that we, we provide a tool so that you can own land and you know pieces of land in different states. That's a could be a good segue to talk about your crowdfunding platform. So, and you talked about you know you already talked a little bit about how it works, um, but what should someone expect when they're working with a crowdfunding platform? Sure. So, cr- crowdfunding as a whole is a catch-all term, right? And as you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of maybe even hysterical speculation in, in parts of that world. And then some, some, there's some really great assets out there as well. So, uh, there, there's there's all kinds of platforms doing all kinds of things. Uh, we, we use those those same rules and regulations, which ultimately are new and and allow for a relatively simple thing to happen, which is securitization. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you take a single asset, you you place it inside of an LLC, or we we do. You know, just take one farm, place place that title on an LLC, and the investors buy shares of that LLC. So it's it's a really simple mechanism. In the rest of the world, we know it as IPOs, uh, right? When a company comes out and sells shares, but with the new crowdfunding regulations under the Jobs Act. Uh, it allows you to do that with with much smaller assets. So we can go do farms that are a couple hundred thousand dollars, or a couple million dollars, and uh, not have the huge expense of conducting a, an IPO process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from passive investors' point of view, what are the benefits of working with a, a crowdfunding platform such as like like what you have? Mm-hmm. Set it and forget it, I think, is the most important thing, right? Uh, Pass investing, I think uh, that term can be used very loosely, right? I, I would like to think that owning a, a retail center is a passive investment, but I can tell you the one that I, I'm uh, a part of currently uh, is anything but passive. And the same with the, the residential units that I personally have, right? It's, it's never as passive as you want it to be. Uh, with our platform and with our, our technology, it, it is truly passive. You come on, you select the, the farms you want to invest in. Uh, you know, it's a process you can do in under five minutes and do it with a couple thousand dollars if you want or a couple hundred thousand dollars. And um, we take care of the back-end management, administration, payments of the distributions, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that the investor, you know, you can, you can have as much fun as you want. You can go be interactive with it. You know, we, we provide updates and pictures and maps and all kinds of fun interactive tools. But in reality, you know, we want to make this a, a, a dead simple tool that you can go use in, inside of minutes and, and not have to worry about it. And we'll just be here depositing the, the checks in your, in your bank account. Great, great. That sounds really great. And I think it's really interesting, you know, the combination between farmland and crowdfunding, which I think, you know, one of them, at least crowdfunding is, it can be a bleeding edge technology that's, you know, taking investing to the next level. And then on the other hand, you have farmland, which most people don't think uh, about when they, you know, they think about buying real estate. And, you know, I, when we started talking, actually, I was thinking, I just assume that most farmers own their own land. So how can I have, you know, an opportunity to go and buy farmlands and rent them out? But apparently that's not the case anymore. So basically many of those lands are owned by owners uh, and that they're completely separated from the actual farmers who are working on the land. Yeah. So in, in, in the U.S., you know, so the good news is, is 
on the farmland side, we're not reinventing the wheel, right? So mm-hmm. about about forty percent of of U.S. farmland is is absentee owned. Uh, that's typically wow. people that have inherited it, or it's sometimes corporate farmers, uh, or investment groups, or individuals. Uh, and so it's what we're doing with absentee ownership and and cash rents is a well established practice. So we don't have to. Uh, re-educate the farmers and, you know, the farmer deals with one LLC uh, and, and us and, and or a local manager. So there's no difficulty on the supply side of the market uh, in, in establishing those relationships. All right. Great. Great. Well, anything else that you wanted to share about farmland or, or crowdfunding before we, we uh, kind of move forward? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the general idea is we're, we're really excited. Uh, we, we've got some great properties on the site and uh, got a got a good pipeline where we're dealing with a probably a $300 million pipeline of farmland right now. So I think that's, we were talking about supply and I just want to touch on that for a moment uh, in that in the world of CRE or residential real estate, it's a very tight market and you have a lot of competition mm-hmm. you know, driving up prices sometimes to go acquire assets. Uh, because we're a, a relatively uh, unique approach, uh, we actually have a very large amount of supply so we can be very, very selective in, in what we work on. So we're we're really excited to uh, to bring bring these deals to market and bring farmland to to the masses. Awesome, that sounds really great. Well, thank you, Carter, for you know sharing your experience and your knowledge about farmland with us. If our listeners would like to reach out to you or find more about what your company does, how can they find you? Yeah, AcreTrader.com. So A C R E T R A D E R. AcreTrader.com. My email is Carter at AcreTrader. We love speaking to people. That's that's all we do every day is talk about farmland and investing <laughs> in farmland. So so we're we're here to answer questions and and we love doing so. All right, Carter. Thank you so much. Likewise, Ellie. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.